welcome to Is Song Still Good? Uh, we're going to try to do a mini-series, if you're wondering what the hell this is. Uh, mostly about songs and things that we can do in a shorter format with uh, two of us. Uh, I'm Sage. I'm still Sage. Surprise. Uh, and I'm Gavin. This, this also remains true. Fact. And we're going to have all sorts of facts in this podcast. I want, I want to off the bat say this isn't going to be a line-by-line line dissection. There are podcasts that do that. I recommend Dissects by uh, Cole Kuchna, Kuch, Kuchna, which does mostly R&B and hip-hop albums. Uh, really good podcast, certainly an inspiration for this, but we're focusing more on nostalgia and memories. For our first installment of this, Gavin, what did you bring us? Today, we're going to talk about the song, I Will Buy You a New Life, by the band Everclear. And why'd you bring this to us? Well, you tasked me with uh, racking my memories for... I commanded you, actually, (laughs) is the correct term. I heeded this call to dig through um, my specific musical upbringing... And um, reflecting, this was one of the first and kind of few albums I really bought. I had a pretty, um, my parents are both very musical, but um, when I was growing up, I didn't really have access or I just didn't really listen to popular music as a kid. I was, my parents gave me Weird Al albums, which was kind of my only real foray into music until like LimeWire and Kazaa happened and that's when like I discovered The Who and got into classic rock. I had a few like thrift store fans off the wall albums that also led to like Flogging Mall you know there's stuff we'll talk about but one of the few albums that I remember actually buying and having and rediscovering because it was often the only one of the few CDs in my car was uh, so much by the so much for the afterglow by Everclear. Oh, so you had this album. I, I had this album in my car, or I guess in my mom's car, technically, because this was in high school. But <laughs> I don't know when I bought it. I definitely have memories of having it in high school. Um, I was pretty late to everything musically, so I have no idea when I actually bought this album. But yeah, this this and this song specifically, and Father of Mine, which uh, sometimes I have a hard time telling them apart. Uh, just really, I, ha- I have, do have strong memories of, and they kind of take me back. And they're such easy songs to get into, even though they they're almost too sweet sometimes because it is very poppy. But uh, yeah. yeah, very very it's, very positive memories. It's a pretty produced band. I didn't very much so. Yeah, I didn't have the album. I kind of grew up. Uh, I mean, I grew up as an Everclear fan. I was excited when this was the thing that you you suggested we talk about because. I I think I've printed this song on five to ten CDs in my life, just when I was making mixes, again, for my mom's car. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Shout out to mom's cars. Um, and I wore out several CDs to the point that, I don't know if you remember, in, in the old days, you would, you would take a song from a friend's CD, you would put it on your computer, you'd burn it to your own CD... And at some point, that was the only copy you had, so you had to upload it back to the computer or to another computer. And eventually, that track would get some sort of it would it would pick up the scratches into a really specific digital scratch. 
the digital copy would just start skipping. So in the period between when I, when I went through five different CD to computer switches and when Spotify and Google Play and just looking stuff on, on YouTube happened, the version of I Will Buy You A New Life I had was heavily processed with like digital imperfections from that copy. Wow. Uh, I listened to the song a lot is what I'm saying. This was also a song that my dad liked or at least pretended to like to bond <laughs> with me because he wasn't going to go through System of a Down. <laughs> Dude, for me, that was me and my dad like wore out Weezer's Green Album. Uh, that shit's fire. <laughs> I think it was high school. I specifically, I had one of those MP3 CD players and it was a big deal because I, I, I didn't... Um, I didn't have an allowance or anything, so I didn't really have money of my own. So um, I didn't have a job uh, until college. I remember applying for jobs in high school, but I was very upfront about the fact I wasn't going to stick around in my high school town. <laughs> um, and employers didn't like that. Uh, but anyway, um, my MP3 CD player, I remember burning mixes from that and like trading with friends. And this thing, like very quickly, the top fell off. So it was just open and would still play because, I mean, it's the laser shining up onto the disc. And so it's just like this open, like imagine like a turntable with like an MP3 CD on it. And I'd spend so much time in class with just a Sharpie, just drawing spirals as like the CDs would play. <laughs> it was such a yeah. cool, yeah. And then a dude spilled fucking Sprite on it in math class. <laughs> what a dick. I miss the hell out of CDs, and really, I have no reason to. <laughs> there are no way superior to how we listen to things now. <laughs> like, if you still want a physical copy of something that you could just lend to someone, you could put stuff on a USB, but you could also just email them codes. But I yeah. miss it. Was now that, you can, it was now a you time can share life. a Spotify uh, playlist. But, you know, there is that missing of, like, seeing handwriting, uh on a CD that you hand to somebody and like the way that like a heart shape would look next to the, next to the, the CD title when it was handed to you it meant a lot. Yeah. And I went through, you know, I had a little quarantine romance for the first two to three months of this and we made each other playlists on, you know, Spotify. Very, very cute shit. And I'll tell you, it is, it is not the same and it is not as meaningful. <laughs> Wow. As tracking Shots down fired. all the different songs and putting it on a CD and, you know, slipping it into someone's locker. <laughs> Fuck Spotify is my point. <laughs> How did you actually come across this song the first time? Do you do you recall? I have no idea. This feels like one of those songs, just like uh, Everlast, what it's like. That's just, it's always been there. And obviously it hasn't because this song came out, when was this album? 97? I would have been eight, but as far as I'm concerned, that means it's it's always been there. Especially yeah, because wild, I was mostly listening to oldie stations with my dad, so a lot of the times I would hear a new song and just assume it was 10 to 30 years old. <laughs> that happened a lot. I was wondering if this was one of those, um, you know... I remember back in the back in the early days of like Kazaa and LimeWire, I kind of thought every song was by the Red Hot Chili Peppers just because of the way people would upload yeah. things and mistitle. <laughs> and <laughs> the way what? that my friends talked about music. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so. a there's a song 
like sticking on Everclear. There's a song by Tall Backman called She's So High. Um, which, I remember it. I mean, I may think. or may not be a great song. I didn't listen to it as supplemental material for this. Uh, Would you give us a few bars? When I, when I, she's so high. Oh, wow, that was some crack. Don't, uh, don't sing stuff sitting down is what I just <laughs> learned. Uh, I have done that song at karaoke, but I bring it up because that was always labeled as Everclear, even though thinking about it now, like those bands are not the same at all. <laughs> that was silly of people to think that. Um, yeah. What's your association with Everclear beyond this song? Have you have you ever seen them? Uh, no. And so, I mean, it's interesting. You describe yourself as an Everclear fan. Yeah, I despite think, never listening through an album. <laughs> I think I've always, and I, I feel this way about certain types of music where it's like, they're a band that I like that I also like, they're so close to pissing me off and annoying me with their sound because it is so produced. Um, Fair. And, and this is consistent it, with how you feel about a lot of stuff from the 90s. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot of trouble uh, with some of this stuff, but like I do... I do really like this album, and this is the only album I've listened to them. I You would point it out that this song kind of sounds a lot like Santa Monica um, when I was talking about how all their songs kind of sound the same, <laughs> which isn't yes. always a bad thing. I, like, I'm a Kinks fan. You can have uh, All Day and All of the Night, and I'm forgetting the other song of theirs that is like exactly the fucking same. Yeah, if you if you brought this up as a problem, I was definitely gonna call credentials based on like your love of punk <laughs> the and Ramones. a lot of those types of yes. <laughs> but but like this is a huge problem with nineties pop bands in general. I'm fairly certain there are some Sugar Ray songs you could play at the same time and like it would sound like nonsense, but the chords would line up. Yeah. Um and let's, but, I, I mean, I don't know. I think you're, you're wrong about Everclear. Let's, uh, let's listen to those, <laughs> those two songs back to back. Not the songs, just the openings. See, those, those sound nothing alike. You're crazy. Well, you're making a scene. <laughs> To bring it back, you were the one who specified those two songs. I went even further and said that this uh, I Will Buy You a New Life and Father of Mine sound too much alike for me to differentiate. <laughs> Father of Mine. Which I disagree with, but I was also confusing Father of Mine with Santa Monica. So I think you've got <laughs> enough of a point to, to, to cede to you. And again, all great songs, just, just, to, say, just to say that as well. Um, they had but, quite a few songs. Like, I'm glad that you brought this one up. If I was going to select an Everclear song to talk about, it would probably have been uh, Wonderful or Santa Monica, um, just because I have more more emotional response to those songs. Whereas this song, which we're about to actually start talking about, I, I, I'm not entirely certain what its message is or, or what its approach to late 90s capitalism is. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and see, to me, like this, these both of those two songs we've been talking about, very specifically, like bring up certain kind of emotions and storytelling in a way that not all music does, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. But I, I think that these really do capture uh, specific like emotions and places, which is 
kind of cool and props to them for doing that as best they could so what do you what do you think this song is about to get not necessarily deep but vulnerable for a second Ooh. i i grew up with divorced parents and like this song in no way reflects my parents uh but like there was always a part of me that kind of assumed i would wind up being a single father (laughs) and trying my best and hopefully succeeding and this song to me is very much like about a single father who can't get his life together no matter how he tries and he's really like there is the pain Uh and earnesty there of him wanting to succeed and share success with like the woman that he cares for and his kid uh i would say that this the song to me kind of screams that he can't like he's he's not in a place and may not be in a place where he could be a good partner the ship has sailed and he's becoming toxic but it like is a very like the sentiment there is very beautiful and sad and I think really comes through. So you think this is about a parent trying trying to promise to be a, a better father? Better father and like still hopeful husband, like partner. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a fascinating read. I mean I've just I just never thought that and like that's you know, there's parallels to that and wonderful and other stuff on Everclear. A lot of a lot of art stuff is Right. It's about his daddy. <laughs> yeah, he he's yeah, uh, father, father of mine. mine is is very unsubtle. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. I never looked him up before. I didn't know the dude's name, uh, but yeah, he he came from a broken broken home with a not not a dad who was around. And uh, yeah, the father not, of his did was, not shy uh, away from that fact that you know yeah his daddy gave him a name, but not much else. <laughs> <laughs> I uh so I've I've seen Everclear a couple times. Uh part of that's because I'm a fan. Part of that is because not a lot of bands came to Alaska growing up. The bands that came to Alaska either had a high fan base that was demanding it or more commonly a lot of American bands just want to have toured in all 50 states. Uh so I have seen Everclear I think three times at this point, twice in Alaska and once at a, at a festival somewhere, maybe Sasquatch in Washington. Interesting. When they came through, were they headlining or with like other touring acts? Oh yes. Everclear is headlining in Alaska. Are you kidding me? Hey, just uh, earnest question. The only concert I remember hearing about, I had a bunch of friends who went and saw them play with Metallica and the Rolling Stones in San ooh. Francisco. And well, that's a twist. That, Line they were headlining, really right? <laughs> blew my mind. They were they were not headlining. They were opening, and then Metallica and Rolling Stones might have been co-headlining. Uh, Metallica. Yeah, that's not how boys. I see it in my head. <laughs> I see Metallica comes out and does one, and then Rolling Stones comes out and does "I Can't Get No Satisfaction," and then Everclear <laughs> comes out and brings the fucking house down with "Where Have All the Porn Stars Gone?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to correct is... me. So it's the kind of thing where I had friends who showed up after Everclear played, probably, you know, but Aww. but continue. <laughs> so the reason I bring this up is each time I saw um, Art Al- Alexakis, Alex- 
I'll correct that later if I'm wrong, and I'll leave it in if I'm right. He was drunker each time. Uh, he's just on stage, drunk as shit. And I think the second time I saw him in an outdoor performance behind Bear's Tooth Pub, which is, we turned our parking lots into concert venues in Alaska, if it's not enough for an arena, because there's nothing in the middle. That's um, a beautiful name for a pub, though. I want to hang out there. Yeah, Bear's Tooth. It's named after, uh, no, this was Moose's Tooth. Bear's Tooth is the one that has the theater. Yeah, no, oh, well, they're all well, named after Moose's mountains. Tooth. and they're no. Whoa, Moose's Tooth. Side note, genuinely the best pizza I've had in these United States. Yeah, shout out to, to Moose's Tooth if you're one of the three people listening to this from Alaska. He's drunker each time than the last. And the second time I saw him, uh, I watched his his microphone swivel away from him as he was talking the stand was loose and just the look of confusion on his face as he tries to like walk towards the microphone and not fall off the stage until there's a break from guitar so that you can like bring it back it just seemed very difficult i mean to be fair that's what roadies are for so you know <laughs> alaskan roadies need to pull their weight that's all i'm saying well a lot of time yeah that's the other thing of bands coming to Alaska, and one of the reasons they don't is they fly up. So a lot of times they don't bring all their pyrotechnics or or stage. Um, what am I, what am I thinking of? Uh, stages. Everclear, as we all yeah. know, famous for their pyrotechnics. And well, uh, no, I even other bands that I've seen, like I saw Corn in Alaska, and then I saw them in Washington, and they were wildly different shows because they got to bring all their own all their own stuff. Although um, they do all share songs about father issues, if, unless I'm mistaken. Is oh, that... porn especially. I mean, that's. I, I feel like that's that's most rock Just the bands. 90s. So that's my art story, and I especially bring it up because like it endears me to the band who, at his time, definitely passed his prime as a rock star. And just drinking all the time, but in a in an adorable way from the outside. Just from the outside. Yeah. So what's the song about? <laughs> well, so I, I gave you my reading of it. It sounds like you're going to give me a different reading of it. Well, I mean, I always write it as like a guy talking to his significant other, like planning for the future. And that's, you know, I, I cheated and looked it up and, and looked up some interviews with Art talking about making it. I would say that's not cheating. That that, that counts as research. It, I, it's you know, not it's not cheating if I do it after making my own hypothesis. <laughs> Otherwise, like I'm skipping a crucial step. It is about planning a better future. It's uh, when his daughter Anna was a baby, he and his ex-wife would go to a wealthy neighborhood in the West Hills of Portland. And they'd look at fancy houses, uh, drive around, fantasize about living there. Um, and after the success of Everclear, he was able to buy one of these houses and move into a richer neighborhood. Um, the biggest thing that shocked me is like, wait, you don't live in Santa Monica? <laughs> but to, to quote Art, it wasn't about the money. It was about a different kind of life, giving all of yourself to another person. It's the ultimate romantic song to me. That, that's the line that I find maybe, maybe a little problematic. Just like the giving of money being the giving all of yourself to another person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, this house that he did eventually buy, uh, was he with, did he get back together with his ex-wife or no? Just out of curiosity. I mean, I'm just going to extrapolate from how drunk he was on stage, but no. <laughs> I don't fair, know. Fair, fair, yeah. It's uh, not entirely fair. Well... Yeah, no, that's that's also true. Fair, fair that that's unfair. Fair, fair yeah. that's a, fair that that's unfair. 
Yeah, so another thing, you know, I'd never seen the music video for this song before today. I was about to ask. Yeah, me me neither. <laughs> it feels like one of one of the many music videos you'll see that's maybe a little antithetical to the purpose of the song. <laughs> see, to me it aside from the very ending, which I was the whole time I was cuz again, you've already heard my reading of this song, but I was like, yeah, don't open that door. Uh, oh, there's I also guess, no child in this video. <laughs> to, to preface uh, for our audience, the song is uh, shot. It's it's very 90s. Uh, I'd say it's like a pretty good looking 90s music video. Very wide, kind of fisheye fisheye lens. Uh, very much on a stage. Uh, the interior. It's it's the band is outside um, in the front lawn of a white pick and white picket fence house. Sun is shining. They're all in suits. Uh, the lead singer is at a closed front door singing through a peephole to a woman who is inside the house. Inside the house is barren and it is dark and she is very sad. He also is tearing up in every close up <laughs> when he's singing. It's uh, it's that sort of super earnesty late 90s pop rock. Yeah. And I would say like, you know, to me, he's a dude who's fucked up and he... Yes, the, the the chorus is, I will buy you a new life, perf- or I will buy you a new house way up in the West Hills. I will buy you a new car, perfect, shiny, and new. Um, do you have them in front of you? I don't. <laughs> uh, perfect, shiny, and new. I will buy you that big house way up in the West Hills, Portland, Oregon. I will buy you a new life. Yes, I will. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, we will never look back. Right. I know we can uh, never look back. Will you please let me stay the night? No one will ever know. Yeah. It says a lot of different things that, again, are are not our readings of it and don't jive up with what what he says the song is about. Well, I mean, uh, again, I yeah, I, I, I take it as super earnest. It's just coming from a place that, like, you, you can't not look back in a certain respect. And, like, that's why this isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know it opens up like here is the money that i owe you which i always read as child so support. that you can pay the bills yeah, yeah. but at the same time because if it's like know. rent or support that it's not owed <laughs> well i mean it is well, but is it? but <laughs> but it's also your responsibility unless he's taking this to his landlords <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so the the the, the music video to me like is very earnest and very sad and also like a little sinister because you know she's yeah. kind of trapped in her house uh and like he's brought all of his boys to serenade her on on the porch yeah it's a lot her neighbors like that she has to face you know the next day and the day after uh their business is being broadcast to that, to that <laughs> oh, neighborhood yes. probably somewhere in whatever studio i it assume is. all those guitars are hooked up to speakers <laughs> And while that drum set doesn't have a bass drum, it's still creating a very full sound. Yeah. And there is there is one line I do want to highlight in it, which just, I guess I'm doing okay. I moved in with the strangest guy. Can you believe he actually thinks that I am really alive? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to make of that in the context of the music video. But uh, the, the music video very, very clearly makes the case that this is a song about a guy maybe trying to buy his way back into someone's life right well and it's partially because i think that his reading 
his being the person in the song and i'm not trying to actually cast aspersions but the reading is that the relationship failed partially because of money too which money is a very difficult thing that you're in if you if you especially if you have a kid and you're in a relationship like money is something that is something that you're going to struggle with together and you fail together it's not something that can't end a relationship and i i don't mean that in like people just want money it's just like it is part of how it's a problem it's the root of all the kills that's what i'm trying to say thank you i I was searching for those words (laughs) yeah i just made it up on the spot yeah i appreciate that speaking of which have you have you ever had the joy of a a welfare christmas i have i mean we didn't even we didn't have christmases we just we we left every year because it's cold (laughs) Uh, i just assumed alaska was christmas year round i thought you lived at the north pole we're neighbors with Santa Claus. I mean, North Pole's like like 400 miles away from from where I live. It's like a it's a drive. There is <laughs> most people probably know this, but there is a North Pole, Alaska, and that is that is the reference I'm making. Uh, what do you think? See, I mean, I just assumed that you live close to the North Pole. Uh, do you think this song succeeds in what it's trying to say? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I mean I mean I'm I know that my reading of it is maybe slightly different than the intention but like I think it's an extremely earnest song um the stuff that it's talking about is not unimportant um and I think that you know there is something valid about discussing his fragility and you know earnest attempt and you know at a certain point it, it can become toxic the music video does end with her opening the door and letting, well, we see the door open. We don't know if that, like what that really means, like, you know, but whatever. Like, I think this is a toxic relationship. It's for a sequel. It's opening <laughs> the door for a sequel. Um, wonderful. The, your, your reading is wonderful. And that's the only reason I'm using that word. Uh, I'd love to uh-huh. jump into final judgments. Okay. So just a reminder for everyone, our rankings are, is song still good? Is it better as a melody? Or should song be put down? I mean, I'm going to say that the song is still good. It's, it's, it still works. Like, I listened to the whole album through today. It's a very pleasant album. It is a little overproduced in terms of, like, but that's the sound that they're going for, and it works for them predominantly. Uh, and I, I think it touches on some things. It hits some emotions. If you tear up, that's okay. I think it's good. I think I'm uh, I'm more confused uh, now <laughs> after doing this research. Also, listening to more Everclear songs as supplemental material makes me realize I actually like a lot of those other songs better, and I probably shouldn't let my fuzzy memories get in the way of the judgment. So I'm actually going to say it's it's better as a melody, but I don't I don't have I don't have really any bad things to say about the song. Uh, and I certainly don't have any bad things to say about Everclear. Oh, okay. It was nice enough to come to Alaska at least two times. Uh, it's a it's a specific criteria to judge music by, but uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, a it's, valid one, I suppose. I mean, this is this is a hard one to make judgments on anyway. Just music in general is the most subjective art form, and we're going to figure out how to do it as we go along. The last thing I want to ask are within this kind of subgenre late 90s pop rock are there songs you like more than this i mean nothing specifically coming to mind i guess i can rack my brain if you want to go first 
Uh, sure. Well, I mean, I'm really just using this as an excuse to give another shout out to Wonderful, uh, which, and to me, is a more impactful and uh, earnest song, and one of the few ones that like doesn't feel like it's trying too hard to be earnest. Which, if we ever do a Goo Goo Dolls episode, is something that will come up a lot. I don't, because again, my 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 music knowledge, especially for this for this time period is a little limited um you know because like you'd mentioned several bands that i pretended to to catch the reference of like <laughs> uh Sh- sugar ray i think you said yeah um, sugar and... ray was the one that uh had like a lot of uh reggae words in it <laughs> without yeah, really like being reggae uh, spread you your wings and fly yeah nothing uh, yeah. I did know that he just wants uh, to fly. she's so high above I'm me. So glad I do remember that one. Now uh, I can edit those together and we have a song. <laughs> I was singing back up. <laughs> oh, okay. Blind Melon had a fun track. I, <laughs> I don't I don't actually remember what it was, but I remember liking it. Uh, I like the Pixies are amazing. I think they're a little earlier. Um, they're like 10 years earlier. In a, in, in a very different genre. Um, so why'd you even say it? <laughs> Just trying to remember bands that like existed in the nineties, uh, like because like honestly, like, right. you mentioned corn. I can't name a corn. I can't even imagine what corn sounds like. I can oh, just man. picture their logo. Uh, we'll definitely we'll do freak on a leash at some point. I'm gonna I add really that into my. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Bring bring something I hate, and then we'll be even. That's how it works. This is how friendships you know, evolve. I, I did maybe pick Everclear out of vindictiveness for you making me go through this. But, um, <laughs> but I love it. How was I supposed to know? I mean, you just pay attention when I talk. All right, so this the recommendation segment clearly needs some finesse and work. Uh, or but this I is... feel like you're really saying I need some finesse and work, but that's okay. So this was this was our first attempt at a Minnesota, uh, and since this is music and there's a lot of passion behind every opinion, I encourage everyone to write into stillgoodpod at gmail.com and tell us how we're wrong about what the song's about and how our opinions are wrong, and just like really dig in and try to hurt Gavin. All right. Um, <laughs> why would we have anyone plug anything? <laughs> this is us. This is what we do. I've been Sage. I'm still Gavin. We'll see you next time. She's blood, flesh, and bone. Now touch silicone. She's touch, smell, sight, taste, and sound. But somehow I can't believe that anything should happen. I know where I belong And nothing's gonna happen